Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. Heroes, this week we are concluding our Hammer of the Earth adventure with the Rusty Quill Podcast Network. I really hope you enjoyed this series, and if you did, I want you to know that Hammer of the Earth is one of the 40 micro-RPGs included in the Ultimate Micro-RPG book, a collection of role-playing games edited by myself. You can pick it up right now, and it's going to be shipping to you just in time for the holidays. Just head to bit.ly slash ultimate micro-RPG to pre-order your copy. Before we get to the show, I want to remind everyone that OneShot is once again supporting world builders in their end-of-year drive to support Hyper International. I'll be talking about that more in the mid-roll, but if you're feeling generous now, head to bit.ly slash osnends2020 to contribute to our campaign. Now with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. Here you find the most still quiet any of you have ever experienced in your life. There is no comforting whir of machine. There is no echo of voices. There is only your own breath and heartbeats. You know the path, the exact path that you have to tread, but there is overgrowth and in areas you will have to break through. I want either one person to elect to make two rolls or for everyone to make one roll to break through this path and get us to this train. Since Dead Piston is taking the lead, I'm going to try and make two mind rolls just to like navigate through these weird outgrowths. I love it. Cool. So first roll is a one. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat I that one. I think that's wise. Uh, that brings you down to six hours. Yeah, uh, it's because it's really slow going because uh, yeah. Dead Piston does not want to touch this mm-hmm. stuff. So there are there are bits which are like quite wide gaps, but he's still going super slow. And the second one is fine, actually. Excellent. Ooh. Excellent. Only losing one hour is pretty good. You move into and through these tunnels into the admittedly kind of shallow depth where the mountain, the moving mountain, has come to rest. And you can see its magnificent hull in front of you. The hammer of the earth is kind of a darker gunmetal and black construction you know that that glows orange around the engine points and is kind of this beautiful moving hammering shadow the moving mountain was brass looking like is very bright and there's a patina on it now and, and certainly some overgrowth and maybe even areas of corrosion but it is a shining thing that looks a little alien to to your eyes but but it is here you know in its complete form what what do you do how are you getting in there it is titanium you wanted to see it oh yep uh it is i wanted to i wanted to find some big dead weird thing but no you wanted to see the future well maybe it's full of skeletons um anyway uh i don't know blaze where would the fuel be oh it's fierce gaudy well, it is. Hammer's not going to look much better once it stops. It's not going to stop. Of course it's going to stop. What what, it, what do you think this is? What what do you think's happening here, we're, Titania? We're saving the hammer. We've got... There's fuel in front of us and we can get it back. We've still got time. Yeah. And then, what, we get six months of fuel and this happens again. Less time, like... And then the Outriders succeed again and save the hammer. It's just life, right? As we have done, as the Outriders have done countless times. As the in Outriders our history, have done yeah. for 150 years, sure. And how many Outriders rode out from the Rolling Mountain? 
We don't know. You're, you're assuming the worst, but we will persevere. I'm not assuming we can't the... think about them. We are here to save ourselves. We're wasting time. Blaze, where do you think the fuel is? Well, if it were me, I'd have said that they'd have kept the fuel quite close to the engine room. That way, it's the shortest time for it to travel. And uh, it's just more efficient that way. Of course, that also means it is the closest to the interior of the train. And you'll have to (laughs) travel the farthest distance to get it. Oh, well, we're at the rear of the, uh, the yeah, train. Yeah, like, uh, gotta be at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, so through the tunnel or through the train? <sighs> through the tunnel, I think. Uh, yeah. All right. Right. Through the tunnel. Okay. Not going to be much clearance with, with that car on either side. Uh, James, does the uh, does the moving mountain look overgrown? Like, does it look? Can we see kind of like um, roots coming out of windows and stuff, or does it yeah, look actually, kind yeah, of clear true. inside? It looks kind of clear inside, except for oh, some okay. scratches on the hull. <laughs> well, now that's made that complicated. <laughs> that's a relevant <laughs> <Yeah>. detail. <laughs> um, right. Well, coral or scratches? What do we think? Should we vote? Scratches. All right, a vote. I vote for scratches. This coral just weirds me out. I would prefer we take our chances with the coral. If I vote, then uh, we might have a we might split. So you know what? Whatever you all decide is just fine. That leaves you, Blaze, the most experienced. <laughs> all right. I think as outriders, we're a little bit more experienced fighting our way through ruins than we are fighting our way through whatever scratch. So I'm voting for coral. Okay. okay, fine. One of you make a mind roll. Shall I? I guess. I'm, I guess I'm uh, the most it's analytical in theory. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. No, I've got two marks. This is a three dice Uh-oh. roll. And you don't have any options. Uh oh. I do have <laughs> yeah, one your option. Life. <laughs> <laughs> We've still got six hours. Oh, that looks like a good roll That's from Anil's face. <laughs> That's a three, a three, it's and a only one. one hour. It's, it's only one. We have. It's only one. We have six we, spare hours. Yeah, yeah. We take, we take, we take that. that brings you down <laughs> to five. Um, you step forward, but you kind of for the first time take a look at the ground around here. Most of what you're seeing is kind of coral constructions, like very hard and bony but the ground beneath you is soft and has these veins running through it. And before you take your second step forward, you either, you know, using a stick or a cane or something, poke at one of these veins. And from this bulbous piece of coral covered in polyps, there is a plink, an explosion coming out of it as zipping through the air there is like a hard enamel toothy sort of construction that is a melded kind of human tooth intermixed with this coral whatever these were grew from bodies and used human dna to create a sort of booby trap that clinks against (gasps) the brass exterior of the mountain creating a fresh scratch in it that had you been just a foot forward would have burrowed itself into your skin and probably planted a seed Careful where you step, everyone. Yep, I see that now. <laughs> mm. Yep. With caution, we can get through right. this. <sighs> it is going to take an extra hour from you now, like as you are very carefully moving around, being hyper aware of these soft veins on the ground. But you eventually make your painstaking way to the front of the train, the engine of the moving mountain. You don't suppose there's a ladder, do you? I'll have a look around for a ladder. There's probably a bunch of ladders. Question is, well, you know, are they safe? Well, I mean, and the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to give it a go. There might well be a ladder on the train. No, I mean, there's going to be a lot. I mean, think uh, think back to the hammer. There's ladders all over the outside. I'll, I'll have a look. Shine the torch up. 
There are indeed ladders, and they look beautiful and pristine. This seems uh, very fortunate. <laughs> you uh, you ever heard of the ruin leaving someone alone for 150 years? No. Um, if okay, I'm gonna try it, and if I get bone spurred, um, h- help me. <laughs> We have medical supplies. Good. Yes, more biscuits. Um, I have bandages. <laughs> All right. I would like you to decide between body and spirit. Ooh, they're both bad. Uh, spirit <laughs> to steal myself and hold my nerve. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yes, a five and a two. You are shocked with electricity. Oh, cool. You you touch it, like, zap! It takes a lot of self-control for you not to stumble backwards and step on one of those veins, setting off the polyps. But you know why the train has not been touched. It's covered in taser. <laughs> There's a, a answer to one riddle. Um, so the other thing is, how are we going to get up there now? Uh... Blaze. All right. Um, if there's something in here making the whole thing electric, then there must be something we can disrupt to break the circuit. Now it looks like the old train is part of it. What's going to keep a charge for 150 years? Mm. Big, big, big wheel. Um, <laughs> uh, very, very large battery. So some sort of wind power. <sighs> I don't feel a wind coming through this tunnel other than chill. I'm, I'm just trying not to say train fuel because that's what everyone's thinking and that would be bad, but I'm going to hope it's wind. No, it would actually be all right. It would mean that there'd be some left, but, uh, you know. Where should we look, Blaze? This seems to be a, peculiar, a peculiarly stoker issue. Well, I think the first thing is, if we actually want to get in there, we're going to have to rubber up. So, <laughs> I think that might have a slightly different meaning. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. My audience was on Twitter, for sure. <laughs> Everyone re- remember, practice safe climbing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. <laughs> safe trains. <laughs> The best we have, or the best I have at least, is leather. Stoke, you got any sort of full body rubber stoker suit? I reckon that Blaze would not necessarily have full body rubber suit, which I imagine also has connotations. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I think probably would have things like rubber boots and gloves, or at least one person's worth of rubber Mm. boot and gloves. Sure. Makes sense. You want me to go up, see if I can get the thing open? Yes, all right. If that, if you're uh, happy to go up, I sh- shan't fight you for it. Uh, yeah, sure, happy. Let's let's go with that. Uh, okay. Dead Piston is going to put on the rubber boots and gloves, try to locate a likely-looking door that could probably be pried or lockpicked or otherwise gotten open, and going to start the climb. Yeah. The climb is difficult and harrowing. Like, as you sweat, it, it'll set off spark of, like, whatever this defense mechanism of the is on the train. But, you know, as you progress carefully, it's kind of easy to do. The challenging thing is when you get up top to the kind of external, like, hatch mechanism. There are ways that humans, you know, gave themselves to access the train and it had to be sufficiently complicated that the ruin wouldn't be able to pierce it itself. Yeah, basically, yeah, this isn't a train that you're expected to be getting on. (laughs) Uh, It's mostly designed to keep things out. So there is a complicated puzzle that, that sort of takes thought and concentration, but also a lot of complicated contact in order to do, so I'll just need you to make a roll to open up this hatch. Uh, That'll probably be a materia roll. Go for it. Because that's what I do. Hey! Six and a four. Yeah! All right. Um, So you 
after some time and not too much, managed to undo the couplings and unseal this thing. It like the mechanism smoothly rolls up and pulls away, allowing you access to the train where I think like kind of on the outside, you, you have the option of deactivating this electric defense so other people can climb on board. Uh, I'm not going to do that immediately. Mm. <laughs> Firstly, I'm going to take off a glove and touch one of the interior walls to see if it's uh, if it's electric. It is not conducting currently. Okay, grand. Uh, in which case, I'm going to just hurl the rubber boots and gloves out of the hatch and down. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you can easily do that. I'm not going to say anything. They're just they, they can just see them descending. <laughs> you hear shouts and pops as at least one of the boots lands on a tendril setting off a polyp that doesn't <laughs> kill anyone <laughs> just by luck. I, and I'll say, Dead, while you're in here, you can see that this train is fairly pristine and looks like it is, you know, because it didn't have to run for 150 years, like, there are things here that have rotted away on the hammer or have had to been appropriated and used to keep the thing moving. There are, you know, thoughtful luxuries that these folks had access to. Gonna start, like, just taking a few. <laughs> Absolutely. And you have plenty of time to... Just to, like, just like, oh, this, this, this bottle of, like, interesting-looking uh, drink... Oh, that doesn't smell. That doesn't smell like it's reprocessed. Mm -hmm. Definitely having that. <laughs> Ooh, that that's leather right there, and not from a human. So <laughs> that's great. I'm just gonna <laughs> grab some of that. Recycle everything. <laughs> <laughs> while while you are looking through your group, kind of one by one, can make their way up the train and inside to see this sort of splendid interior to the moving mountain. Right, so where's the fuel? Hmm. Okay, so uh, best thing to do is probably to have a look at the actual engine itself and then maybe follow a line. Okay, okay, okay. Is there any kind of like strain, like aside from the general mustiness of it, this being like an ancient carriage, like is there any smell of like rotting flesh no smell of rotting flesh there are plenty of skeletons you know like people's flesh has like you know dried up mm. a lot of it is eaten away yeah. there there are some mummy-like things here or at least the most mummy-like thing you can imagine in your experience because there's no plant matter to to corrupt or eat away at yeah. this flesh They've just been sealed inside this place. It looks like many people have died kind of huddled together. We should check, see if there's a navigator's compartment. That'll probably have schematics for the train. Yeah, we should get up to the navigator spire. And luckily, you are not too far from the navigator spire, um, especially because you entered this train from the top. You move around to the navigator spire. I, I imagine y'all have at least when you are inducted into the Outrider outfits, there is a kind of ceremony that takes place in front of the Navigator. And the Navigator for your train is very old and infirm and like, I think has been very injured and really has a tough time communicating. So they rarely, rarely leave the Spire. But, you know, in, in the Navigator Spire, you are struck by how spare that room is, how much of it has been carved away in order to keep the train moving. This Navigator Spire tells a very different story. It is resplendent. It is decorated. There is a lot of luxury around here. Some of this place has wooden paneling which is kind of extremely taboo for you, but you can see it in, inside this spire and you can see a skeleton kind of leaned over one of the like piston readouts of stats for the train. It is the navigator and its bones have like clearly 
been picked apart and had teeth gnawing at them. So here's the question. Given how pristine everything seems and how doesn't look like the ruin got it, why isn't it moving? Did they get stuck in the tunnel? I didn't see anything. I think whatever that growth is out there, I suspect it grew up and the train got embedded in it. It activated the defense mechanism and the train effectively shut down, unable to proceed, unable to get out and clear, or maybe they did get out to try and clear it and whoever their outriders were are beneath that coral. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know, though. Like, why would everybody die first and then the defences came on? And if they're not stuck, then why didn't they move? And if they didn't move, they probably don't have fuel. And if they don't have fuel... Let us check. I will go and see. I'll, I'll see what I can learn from the, um, from the readouts here. Um, pick up any books or, or schematics. Or, I... I have a bad feeling. Let's try and get out of here as soon oh, as possible. Oh, you have a bad feeling, do you? Because <laughs> <laughs> the way I'm looking at this, I mean, you know, Ruin didn't get him. What you're looking at here seems to me like a best-case scenario. We don't have to be so fatalistic yet, Dead Piston. Well, no, we don't have to, but, you know, some of us are. Believe in the future of the Hammer. That's what gets us. What future? This. The future is the same as the future is just continuing and continuing and then eventually stopping. Look around you, like I. Uh. But then, why are you here? What do you mean? Why am I here? Well, uh, what like? Why don't you just? If you think everything is pointless, why don't you just wander out into the ruin? Why are you here? Why are you helping us then? If you think I it's mean, all... I kind of have, haven't I? Well, no, we. But we're going back. Yeah, well, maybe probably not. (laughs) Look, I have been on a lot of Outrider missions, and over half of my (laughs) Outriders have made it back. How much over half? Now, I think those are pretty good odds. I mean, of course you do. Look at you. You, ah, I mean, I'm gonna, like, I'm helping. Aren't I? But Christ, Titanium. You know, I used like I used to be so jealous of you, but now I'm just jealous that you're afraid. Cause, I mean, that means that you still wreck it. Uh, yeah. Why? Why would you be jealous? You're we here too. We continue because we have to. Come on, let's get this over with. Fine. See what's waiting. So I, okay. I think to Blaze. There is something that strikes you, kind of overlooking these readings, something that you've been trying to make sense of. You can see on the various engine points what you would associate with the readouts of of being the engine points on this. You know, they, they will say, you know, engine 36 corrupt. But this reading labels it differently. It says backup engine 36 corrupt. And you look at all of the corrupt or broken engines on this list based on where you would expect them to be on the hammer, and you can see they're broken down. However, there is a single piston readout that says core reactor nominal. Hmm. Does anyone know what um, a core reactor is? Uh, well, you know a normal reactor. It's that, but in the middle. Is it like some sort of fancy boiler? I suppose it could be. I mean, what is an engine if not a fancy boiler? Well, I mean, it's a motor and um, all sorts of other things. But, I mean, yes, I suppose it could be a fancy boiler. I mean, I bet, I guess I guess if nobody knows what it is, then the best thing we can do is check it out. Let's go. So you make your way down and you can see some of the sub-engines on the, on this train that power, you know, like some of the, the individual wheel functions and whatnot. And there are scraps of fuel rods and whatnot around them. You can definitely start scrounging together some of that. But you can see that all of these engines have violently blown out. 
this is the sort of thing that can happen if the mechanics are just moving against too much resistance and people out of desperation or foolhardiness pile in too much fuel to try and overwhelm that and just destroy the system entirely. It's clear that in whatever last moments the moving mountain encountered, there was a lot of foolhardy desire to try and push through in an area they simply could not. But you enter what you think of as kind of a core inner sanctum to the train. In the hammer, there is an area where the leaders of the various factions will meet to hash out agreements and like discuss where resources and manpower need to go. But here on the moving mountain, there are very firm and thick locked doors that seal it in that on the hammer are just completely open. You want me to try and get these open for you? Do I think that they've got fuel in them? Are they look probably not. So it will say, I think labeled on the outside, core reactor, like pretty, pretty firmly. All right. Okay. It's probably going to have to be a materia roll. Yep. Because I'm not forcing these open with body. <laughs> hey. All right. I was. I my hand was poised to start crossing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you. It is a very very complicated mechanism, and there are multiple doors but they kind of open with a hiss and smoothly sort of rattle themselves away. And in front of you, there is a room that glows with kind of a bluish green. Sure glad I've never heard of radiation. (laughs) (laughs) And in here, there are almost perfectly preserved dead bodies. Well, this don't look right. I move forward and check and like check the body so like is there any are there any marks are there any any, any suggestion about how they might um, have died you will uh, need to use some medical knowledge for this you could always just say nah <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm debating you could just that. say like um, no let's just ignore these bodies and not worry about what they could tell us <laughs> I'm gonna have to do it because I can't think of anything that would anything I could roll other than mind and uh, I mean Naturia they are kind of nature they are not they are not I mean actually yes I will roll yeah I'll roll Naturia because of my experience with how things interact although it wasn't my core point um, I have read the studies from the other uh, ruiner scientists I was about to say well they're wet because that's that's kind of what I think of as like (laughs) Nature is it? Is it a bit wet? Is it wet? Is nature? Yeah, Uh, (laughs) and that's a pass. Okay, excellent. So you realize that, uh, like, there's a lot more sort of invasive investigation that you would need to do, but these people are dying in a way that is not violent and is not starvation, which to someone who has grown up on the hammer that is a very foreign way to die. And there's really only one person who is currently dying that way on the hammer, and that is the navigator. And they've died of what you presume to be cancer. It is the illness that makes the navigator weak and infirm, and that you have worked very hard to hold off for as long as you can to keep the navigator alive and moving. Looking down at these bodies, that's the only assumption you can make. So what happened to them? Well, they died of sickness. It's difficult to say. I have not encountered this in any of my readings. Is is it something that's going to get us, or or, or are we good? Like, can... I am not a a surgeon. I am not I am... I only have field... I only have the knowledge okay, of a field well, medic. I, I think we should get the fuel and get out of here as soon okay, as possible. Okay, okay. Um, Blaze, how do you get the... How does this thing work? Uh, well, I'd imagine, like the engine on the 
hammer, it's um, there's some fuel, and then you burn the fuel, and then all right, I'll. Just, I mean, this is this isn't like what's on the hammer. I've never seen this before. To be okay, honest with well, you. I'll, I'll get stuck in and take a look then, and I'm gonna. I think that's a materia roll from me as I kind of climb into the sort of mechanism and have a poke about and just try and work out like how does this work yeah. by looking at panels and stuff which is a really sensible idea <laughs> oh but it wasn't one that involved ones so it's all good good okay <laughs> we finally started rolling well yeah as you you climb inside and you know like a hammer you leap into action that that is your instinct and you look around, and what you see are a lot of familiar landmarks that, for, on the hammer, have been inert for as long as anyone can remember. You sometimes just think of these features as spare supplies, because that's their useless things that you pull from. But as you go around, you can see how those components are coming together for the first time, really, in front of you. And your mechanic's brain, you know, being a hammerer, someone who is primarily responsible for keeping the engine running, you realize what is in front of you is some sort of super engine that is meant to be at the core of the hammer and possibly power the entire train. That's the only conclusion that you can draw, which is wild and, and makes almost no sense with what you know of how trains are supposed to work. Hey Heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I am so excited to tell you that OneShot is once again supporting the World Builders end-of-year fundraiser for Hyper International. For those that don't know, World Builders is the pass-through fundraising charity created by good friend of the show, Patrick Rothfuss. At the end of every year, they throw an extravagant fundraiser for Hyper International, an organization dedicated to fighting extreme poverty and creating food security around the world. They do this by connecting people with sustainable resources and education, helping folks change their lives for the better forever. But one of the coolest things about the World Builders End of Year Drive is that it is not just a charity drive. It is a massive nerdy raffle where all of your favorite geeky interests band together to do a good thing. For every $10 you donate to this drive, you're entered to win books, games, and all sorts of other cool nerdy stuff, including my favorite thing, the Wormwood Gaming Table. Anyone can win something, the only ticket is some generosity. And like last year, OneShot is once again operating our own page. In exchange for donations from our community, we're going to be doing some extra production. You've already unlocked an episode of All My Fantasy Children starring Patrick Rothfuss, which is live right now. You can go listen to it. And very recently, you passed our goal to reorder the Boganalia handkerchief, which recently sold out in our World Builder store. But we've got lots of exciting goals ahead of us. Currently, we're at $6,600, which puts us tantalizingly close to the $7,000 goal, where we'll record an episode of All My Fantasy Skyjacks. That's right, I'm going to invite Aaron Catano Saez and Jeff Stormer to join me on air to create a new piece of the world of Sphere that'll go out on the Campaign Skyjacks feed as a bonus episode. At $10,000, we'll hire artist Justin Langill, who did our Boganalia handkerchief, to create a new handkerchief design based on one of the other main characters of Skyjacks. At $15,000, I will write a short story based on one of the characters from Arnie Parrott's Skyjacks theme. And at $20,000, Patrick Rothfuss will appear as a guest on Skyjack's Courier's Call, reprising a character uh, that will be appearing on Skyjack's soon. If you'd like to help us reach those goals and maybe win a prize for yourself, head to bit.ly slash OSNNs2020 to find our fundraising page. Now, to support our fundraising efforts, uh, OneShot's going to be doing some streaming events over the next two weeks. 
On Monday, December 7th, from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time, Jeff and John from System Mastery are going to join me on the OneShot Twitch page as we create characters using the character creation tools in the Sentinels of the Multiverse role-playing game. On Wednesday, December 9th, from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central Time, I'm going to be doing luminary readings for people. I'll be sure to pin a tweet where you can ask your questions to that to the campaign Twitter feed. Then on Thursday, December 10th, Jay Dragon and Gian Shim are going to join me for an interview discussion thing uh, where we're going to talk about their games from the Ultimate Micro RPG book. Those are two incredibly rad people and very talented designers. I am so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about. Once again, that is Thursday, December 10th, 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Finally, our last stream is going to be a live episode of System Mastery Afterthought. That's going to be coming up on Monday, December 14th from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time. You'll be able to find all of those at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. And please, please, if you can, make a donation to our World Builders fundraiser. Once again, the link for that is bit.ly slash OSNENDS2020. That's O-S-N-E-N-D-S 2020. A huge thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Uh, this mid-roll is already a little bit long, so we're going to duck out, but we would not be able to make this show without you. We especially would not have been able to afford our incredibly talented guest editor, Tracy Barnett. Thank you so much for supporting this network in everything we do. Now with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. Um, this engine is incredible, and is much better, I think, than anything we have on the hammer, so I guess we can pull it apart for the fuel, or we can try and get the mountain to the hammer. That might- Sorry, what? You're looking for a more long- you, you yourself, you said you were looking for a more long-term solution. This engine, I, I don't know- I said we were all gonna die, that's not necessarily- <laughs> good. Yeah, okay. Like, whoa, whoa, I was being fatalistic! <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, Blaze, get get in here. No, this this looks like an engine that would run so much longer using the fuel that it has than anything we have on the hammer. This could solve our problem not for three days or six months, but for years, maybe. Now, hang on. Hang on just a second there, because it looks like the people on this train broke their train by being foolhardy, by trying to push it too hard. They were probably trying to go forward. We could try and go backwards. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they never thought of that. Well, I mean, maybe they didn't. You can get so single-minded that you just you just keep trying something until... Like, maybe once they broke all their engines, they gave up hope, didn't they? Like, you know, unhelpfully Sorry, you, giving are you, up hope. Are you, suggesting, are you suggesting that they decided to eat their navigator before they thought to try going backwards? I, I don't know, but they're dead and we're alive, so, like, maybe we should just try it. Okay. So, all right, let's give it a go. But I tell you what, we're going to do this properly. We're going to do this carefully. The first sign of resistance, we're shutting it down. We're taking the fuel and we're going. Oh yeah, no, I don't want to waste time, but this might be the best option. Agreed. Okay. All right. So here's how I see this going down. Someone is going to need to move to the navigator's office to cover the controls and the accelerator. Someone is going to need to monitor this core, and someone most definitely is going to need to very carefully and judiciously use those vegetation bombs to clear away obstructions. That's three separate roles. And you've got five hours left hmm. <sighs> okay well, yeah well, i think i'm on clearance duty i'll go take the controls okay i'll watch the core all right i'll um i'll be ready to hit anything if it tries to get us <laughs> yeah no that's that's <laughs> an a important good, job uh, yeah, that's oh <laughs> i i actually like that because we know these are polyps and what our Arjun is going to need to do is on the exterior of the train he probably needs a hammer to like block whatever 
these polyp seeds are going to be from boring into his skin and killing him. Love it. Great. Well into it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's a body roll, I think. I need a hammer that acts as a shield. So. <laughs> Uh, it's okay, material. That's a success I'm from rolling. me. Three dice, no ones. Excellent. Four dice. Okay. Uh, which one do you, which, James, what order would you oh, like yeah. these well, rolls uh, I in? I think uh, because we just did titanium, I, I think it makes sense that Arjun okay. should roll. Um, because you got to set off that sure. initial one to clear away some of this coral. Okay. Oh, I'm just trying to think. Um, okay. Material. <sighs> He's not wrong. It's the big rolls. It's I'm the big rolls. Just do it, mate. I know. I'm just trying to work out if I can use body instead to be a dex kind of nah. thing. But no. Go big or this go home. Be... I know you're already at home, but go more home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go big or go train. Fine. Go big with, and go um, train. With titanium's protection uh, and like gripping the, the top of the train, Arjun trusts and puts his faith in one of the two remaining vegetation bombs that he has. Obviously, they've never been tested on something like this, so he's got to hope that the fact that he made it stronger than he intended will have an effect. Three dice don't fail me. <laughs> How many ones? It's only a one. It's Ooh, only got one ages. One. Okay, got ages. that's okay. We can take that. Yeah. We can that's take fine. that. That brings us down to four, which is fine. Yeah, which I yeah, think we're the only one who dies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm and I'm I'm only rolling four dice, uh, so you know that's it's fine. It's fine. It's cool. uh, the the vegetation bomb goes off, and the two of you can see again this thick forest green smoke roll out around the train in a cloud and wash over this coral. Slowly but surely, the light around you fades as the bioluminescence dies away. Quickly in its wake, you shine your torches, and even though they have a weak glow that is orange-red, you can barely see that the coral formation, the polyps, have turned an ashen black. Something that gets deliberately confirmed for you as someone in the interior of the train turns on the main lights. You can see a much stronger orange-red beam shines out and there is a forest of black, ashy coral. It does not fall apart into dust in the way that the vines did, but it has certainly had its form corrupted to a point that might make it easier to smash up. Well, let's hope that helps. Uh... Blaze, do you want to uh, get that engine running? All right. I'm going to roll on my potential. Oh, yes. Six and a five. Yes. So, wait, I should have been rolling three. Oh. Roll one more. <laughs> yes. Okay. I think this blue-green glow reflects in Blaze's eyes as they fall in love with something new for the first time. (laughs) Like huge arcs of electricity like bolt across this core as you can see it begin to whir to life. For the first time, you see a fire that might never be quenched. This is wonderful. There can be no problems with this situation at all. <laughs> Cut two. Full Dead radiation ahead. <laughs> right. Let's do this. Hey! That's three fives and a six. What? Yeah! Nice. <laughs> I think all of you, some of you out of joy and exuberance, some of you, despite yourselves, mutter under your breath, (laughs) chugga, chugga, chugga. (laughs) No, you know what? You know what? Dead Piston might just smile. That's gross. (laughs) Not like a big smile, just like a small one, you know? (laughs) The train starts to pull itself 
backwards. You don't have the benefit of your cow catcher, but the tracks are pretty clear. And as the train starts to vibrate them again, there is some recession of bioluminescence that you can see ahead of you in the tunnel where the vegetation bomb hasn't affected it. You, you get closer and closer to that new area of bioluminescence and you hear a crunching where normally, like, if you had a fully operational train, you might have people on the various wheel engines stoking their fires and getting more power, but instead it is just Blaze redirecting the direct power from this core reactor to the various areas on this train. You begin crunching and crackling, and we return to... Arjun, who is now at the top of the train, looking out, fingering uh, in sweaty hands what is the last vegetation bomb, wondering what the appropriate time will be to set it off. And I think it kind of, it, yeah, there, there, I, there might, I might have heard an idea, but I think it might come down to a strategic decision on, on somebody's point of what to do next. Um, I was actually going to, uh, in character, realize that we left the bikes on the rails on the outside of the tunnel and run ahead to go move them as, like, my helping role. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go and turn off the external electricity so that people can actually climb up the side (laughs) and get back in. That's handy. That's quite helpful. (laughs) Actually, no, to be fair, we would have turned it off so you could get down. Yeah, we would have turned it off. But basically, I'm going to... Yeah, in which case, I'm just going to keep keep moving that train then then i think this is this is uh titanium's move because like you're probably not even just trying to recover those bikes you're you're trying or move those bikes out of the way you might be trying to save or recover them too because how many bikes can you have left really yeah i mean i'm gonna do that if i can but at the moment like my mind is filled with the idea of another train that can solve all our problems Mm. so i'll be like the bikes don't matter. Sacrifice everything. Um. <laughs> As the train's pulling back, Arjun will actually go with you to deploy the last bomb at basically the mouth mm. of the tunnel uh, mm. to try and clear as much, try and try and get as little impediment to, to us exiting the tunnel yeah. as possible. Um, and then hopefully with the tunnel clear and the tr- bikes recovered, we are hopefully home free. <laughs> So, okay. I think that's oh, got to be a body roll for me. Uh, you okay. do yours first. Okay, that's two ones, but I have an option left, so I'm definitely spending that option at this point. Yeah, so... Oh, 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 that's it. I can't lift the bikes off, and I can see the train, like, rumbling towards us, and I know that I'm not going to have time, so I... Hey, titanium. Titanium, get out of the way. Yeah, no, I, I'm getting... Get out of the way, Titanium. And I take a deep breath... And I step back, tell Arjun to step back, and throw my sledgehammer at the bikes. I'm sacrificing the hammer. (gasps) Yeah, at the bikes to blow them up, but blow them up before the train is affected. Because that was what I was worried. It would roll over them and be bombs, basically. But this time I'm setting the bombs off early so that the train can get through fine. I love that. I kind of have to imagine, like, this hammer has a feature. Like, it's got its own ripcord that you pull it and it glows red hot. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, I also definitely look at the hammer, kiss it, and then throw it. Yes. And, oh, I rolled too many dice because I got overexcited. I'm rolling, re-rolling two dice, <laughs> and then neither of them are one, so we're good. Yes! <laughs> you have to duck very quickly as a huge, like, explosion rips through the air. Coral and polyps are, are like flying everywhere as they've been violently unseeded. I think these seeds are going off in every direction at once. I think the only other person outside is Arjun. So Arjun, you've got a choice here. You know that they are going to need another vegetation bomb to clear out the entrance to this tunnel. But you are putting yourself at major risk to get hit by one of these polyps. Right. Can I take a body roll to try and avoid damage as I 
push my way as I, as I basically duck and weave my way to the mouth of the tunnel uh, and then have the Naturia roll to throw it. the bomb. Uh, I love it. Cool. Right. So, two dice for the body roll. Uh, that's a pass. Uh, four dice for the Naturia roll to throw the bomb. Uh, Good luck, mate. You you did it. Yeah, I that's did. That's fine. Wow. Uh-oh. Arjun ducks and weaves and avoids getting struck by any of the debris coming from the explosion of the bikes. Uh, he gets to the mouth of the tunnel, uh, hefts the last bomb, and throws it as, f- as hard as he can into the mouth of the tunnel to clear the remaining polyps and such from the path of the oncoming train. He missed all the debris from the bikes. He didn't miss uh, in the smoke and the roiling flame. Uh, a large chunk of coral spiked uh, that came straight out of the the rolling fog uh, and smashed him straight in the side of the head. I rolled a five, a one, and a one. I am giving my life uh, as my final option to do that as a (laughs) re-roll. To re-roll the three ones. uh, Which is a pass. (laughs) Wow. I, I really thought when you were like when you were like uh, in, in all the smoke he misses I thought you were going to say he misses the train and just <laughs> <laughs> Arjun's body is flung to one side uh, by the rock and collapses uh. gosh there's a tinkling of vials as they smash and liquid seeps out from the remaining ones Arjun no yeah. and I'll run over and check for life signs which do not exist you don't have much time as the train is starting to gather momentum and the bikes are gone. I will try and... I, I'm gonna, Actually, I'm going to be very sensible. I'm going to check. Have you been spiked by a spore pod? No. Basically, I've, basically like the side of my head is just bleeding. I've, I've obviously taken a bad head injury. Okay. I'm going to heft you onto my shoulders and try and climb up the ladder with you because there may may be a chance of saving you when we're on the train. All right, that does feel like a roll. Yeah, it does. And it's also a roll that's definitely going to kill me if I get any hours, because it's five dice. You got four hours. (laughs) I think there's one roll after this. So I got two ones. So either I die or I don't die. We have two hours left. That's fine. We can. I, we, I think we can take it. We can I take it. All right, we'll we can take, take it. it. I love it because you're basically going to have to have a stop the train outside. Basically, yeah. So as I'm climbing, I realise I'm not strong enough, and I start screaming to you two to stop the train. I need to get Arjun back, and we'll stop it. But I mean, I'm going to complain. I'm going to do it, <laughs> but I'm going to moan about it. <laughs> Arjun wouldn't expect anything less from you, Dead Piston. So yeah. I've got Arjun's body back, and we have to start the train all over again. I feel dreadful about saying he had those outrider spores now. That is... It's fine. Think of the... Think of the... I mean, they're going to want to stuff him and mount him and, like, probably worship him or something for, for bringing this train back. Gross, but he... He did his job. <laughs> No, that is the most, that is the highest thing, uh, honor you can imagine is being stuffed and mounted. <laughs> well, yeah, because... I, your body does not get yeah. used for resources. Ah. It's sort of like retiring a number in sport. Yeah. <laughs> so then instead of one roll left, because you actually stopped the train, it's going to be two rolls. We need another roll from Blaze to restart that engine sequence from the core and for dead dead has to create the navigational path from these ancient rails he's got to be a navigator which is uh not really not really his his, his job but it's i can't i don't suppose like a blackguard as a mind roll i think it would be a mind roll like yeah yeah not material brilliant okay that's that's much better for me thank you <laughs> that is three Play- dice rather than Ooh. five as you say in the faction format that navigators if they were a playable faction would have like navigatria or some other <laughs> thing <laughs> geographia yeah cartographia yeah. oh cart- actually cartographia, cartographia is great is good. cartographia right so blaze has 
four dice to roll for Potentia. Oh, okay, one, one, but I have an option. I have an option. What are you sacrificing? So the fuel source, like the fuel cord, just kind of like sputters and, and starts, um, and Blazer's just like amping everything up that they can, and just in the last ditch frustration, they just like hurl their blowtorch at it. <laughs> try and set off some kind of reaction. I just, no! Is that another one? That's another one! Ah. You have one hour remaining. Three dice. Ah! We're good. Oh. Oh. Wow. Oh. We're okay. Oh. So I really want to check in with Dead Piston, and you are looking over this piston map now. The ancient rail paths are in front of you, and you are really dealing with two things, and that is you need to not only estimate where the hammer is along its path so that you can properly meet up with it, but you need to come in just slightly behind the hammer so you can move up to it and connect the train cars. Because if you come out in front of it, it could be disastrous because you have no idea how quickly this train can move and you know exactly how quickly the hammer can move. Okay, I mean, do you want another roll for it? No, it's not a roll. I want to know, like, this is a person who his whole life has, like, kind of shirked responsibility. And now, essentially, his life and the life of everybody that he knows depends on him doing a rather complex math equation. I mean, he's not happy about it. <laughs> the thing... The thing you gotta remember, like, and don't don't anybody think that this is. I know you're like, oh, we've saved the hammer, but, like, okay, so there's no more. Maybe it's a delay of the existential threat, but you gotta think of the social implications. I mean, we're making the Stokers basically obsolete. The the hammers are gonna gonna be a lot more important with this, and then you know, so like, obviously, there's a lot of problems coming. Like, if we bring this train back, who knows what it could do to our whole society? It could collapse. I'm just saying, you know? And it might not. Like, for <laughs> once, then, just shut up and get on with it. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I've been getting on with it. <laughs> and the wheels turn, the mechanisms thunder, and the ancient tracks, once more, for the first time in over a hundred years, rattle as the vines recede pumps along the track until you can see in the distance that obsidian shadow that stands against the bright green of the ruined world, the hammer of the earth. Your track connects to the hammer in just the right way to slot the moving mountain behind it. There are cries of awe from the hammer that even against the massive thundering, you feel like you can hear louder than ever as slowly and surely Dead Piston, sweating all the while, adjusts the dials in the right way to delicately connect the mountain to the hammer. And suddenly it is no longer two trains. It is one train one city, and in order for it to survive, it must move. And that's Hammer of the Earth! I'm just saying it's not necessarily good news. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got to change the name of the game now and call it the Hammer on the, on the Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the, the hotly anticipated sequel game <laughs> this one. Uh, where everybody kind of has to deal with, with the existential dread of unshielded nuclear reactors and uh, rediscovering <laughs> yeah. difficult like, lessons. The discovery of nuclear radiation in a society that has forgot it is going to be an interesting this one. This is That's great. Cool. We don't need to, to, to use the heaters anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's just not happening here. Uh, I don't understand why they've scrawled this on the side of the reactor, but it says something about this not being a place of honor. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a place of cozy, I'll tell you that. Uh, but thank you all so much for playing. Uh, thank you all, uh, especially so much for taking the extra time to play. Hey. Well, th- like, uh, thank you for yeah, thank uh, you for, for, for running it. And well, thank you very yeah. much that for running really it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great time. And for commissioning the game. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Also for commissioning yes. the game. Actually, that's uh... I, it, honestly, it, it's such such a thrill to, to to work with all of you on this project specifically, and and just generally because I am quite a big fan of everything uh, all all of you do and everything everyone contributes to that. This has been just a joy. Big for likewise. Me big yeah, likewise right like genuinely yeah, likewise. i started listening yeah. to one shot when we were starting rqg as like uh, hey what is actual play supposed to be wow uh, so that's like yeah it's the f- it's the first actual play i really got <laughs> into and then uh campaign star wars completely like took over my life for a bit <laughs> that is absolutely wild to think because like uh you know i obviously miss campaign star wars for for what it is but i i really think of what 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 you're doing now with I see Stella Firma as, as like such a great like, hey, that kind of hole in the world is filled a little bit uh, to like get that uh, sci-fi action, which, you know, listeners, we've definitely let uh, the end show go on a little bit long, but it is really important to know that you should absolutely be listening to these shows. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think of the bottle episodes a lot from Star Wars campaign when I when we're doing Stella Firma like seriously genuinely like when want... Pat and I were talking about that show like that is the thing that we talked about it's so funny I can't wait to tell him that uh that rules uh <laughs> yeah but again thank thank you all very much this was a delight heroes you can order this anthology of micro RPGs of which this is just one game in that collection think about how much fun's in there but a single micro game This episode of OneShot uses music from Scott Buckley, provided under a Creative Commons International 4.0 license. Tracks used in this episode are Beautiful Oblivion, Horizons, Parasite, Emergent, Inflection, Machina, Signal to Noise, Helios, Catalyst, and Titan. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of them and their work online anywhere at The Other Tracy. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with a very special and very strange holiday episode of Blades in the Dark. In the meantime, be sure to check out some of the other great gaming shows here on the One Shot Network. Like Campaign. Campaign is an actual play podcast exploring long-form role-playing. The current campaign, Skyjacks, takes place in an original setting inspired by the music of the Decemberists, folktales, and classic adventure fiction. Join Liz Anderson, John Patrick Cohen, Tyler Davis, Johnny O'Mara, and Game Master, James D'Amato, as they tell a tale of daring sky pirates. Also, it's basically an elaborate retelling of Weekend at Bernie's. Just search for Campaign or James D'Amato on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. And I gotta remind everyone that today, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, Monday, December 7th, is the deadline for registration for voting in the Georgia Senate runoff. So if you're listening now and you can vote in Georgia, make sure you are registered. This is your very last opportunity to do that. If you happen to live outside that state, your hands are not tied. You can always donate to support candidates or organizations that are helping to fight voter suppression in that area. One Shot was raising money for this, and although we hit our goal, donations are still open. You can head to actblue.com donate slash GA69 to make your contribution. And if you can't contribute monetarily, you can always volunteer your time to help organizations like Fair Fight Action to ensure that everyone in Georgia gets out to vote. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. 
For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.